Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor, get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell them you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. We have a great guest for you today. And, And again, if you want to learn how to message better, Keith, Keith will help you do that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of those books that he's written. We'll talk about his speaking. You can find him at keithferrin.com, K-E-I-T-H-F-E-R-R-I-N. But you can find him right here, right now, author, speaker, and messaging coach, Keith Farron. Keith, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Brian. Not a problem, not a problem. Hey, Keith, let's start here. And I've been starting here for the last two years in the podcast because I'm fascinated by how people have viewed and shared experiences the last two years. And it seems like we're on the downhill side of this, this thing that we've gone through with COVID-19 fingers crossed. We're on the downhill side, but take me through something or some things that you learned in the last couple of years through your experiences around COVID-19 and maybe a lesson or two that you'll take from it in either your life, your ministry, or your business going forward after everything's said and done. Yeah, I, I would, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a response on both the personal level and the, the ministry professional level. So first on the, on the personal level, I just have, it, it's not something that I didn't know beforehand, but I think that what has just been magnified is how little it helps to shout your opinion to people who have the opposite opinion. And, and so as much as, you know, this has been a play, it's, it's, it's so interesting. I live in Seattle and which is the, you know, we, we have the most, uh, not, not conservative politically, but health-wise, the most conservative governor in the most health-wise conservative state, as far as like, for example, today, as we're recording this, you know, March 14th, it is um, the first day that my kids have been able to go to school without a mask mm. today. And um, and so they just lifted that mask mandate this weekend. And I, it's just one of those things, I'm just surrounded by people who are, who are 
yelling their opinion rather than having conversations. And so when the, when something is as complicated as what we've navigated, being mm -hmm. navigated by people who have never, ever navigated it before, it's just interesting in a sad way how we've still remained the soundbite headline as we're not willing to have an hour. If somebody wants to have a half hour or hour conversation about it, then that's nuanced. I, that's valuable. If somebody wants to have a 30 second conversation where they just want the answer, then that's not a conversation I'm interested in. So I've just, I've, I've bit my tongue more than I normally do um, because I've, the way, the way that I've heard somebody put it is if, and I posted this last week, is that if winning the argument damages the relationship, then you need to redefine what winning means. Well, and I said that to, I said that to someone today as well, too, online. I said, you know, here's where we are in our society. And, I, and I'm glad you took us there for a minute. Mm -hmm. So we'll go there. It feels like that our society in the in the era of social media is devoid of anything of a rational thought. <laughs> I, I'll be 50 years old in in August. I remember a time sitting across the table from someone looking them in the eye and having a conversation. And if you and I were recording this live in a live setting, that's exactly what we would be doing. We would be having a, an eye to eye conversation in, in, and, and whether we agreed or disagreed, we would still give each other the courtesy and respect of being across the table from each other and at least saying, Hey, I don't agree with you, but I respect your opinion. As a messaging coach, why do you think we have lost our ability to effectively message in those conversations? Because it's it seems like that all we're doing is toxic spew instead of really having those genuine, meaningful conversations, agree or disagree. Oh, I totally agree. And I um I I, I think it comes down to something that has been age-old wisdom and when i mean age-old wisdom i'm talking about proverbs <laughs> you know yeah. like we're talking centuries and centuries ago wisdom that i i remember it stopping me kind of dead in my tracks in the middle of COVID as i was reading through proverbs and i believe it's in proverbs 18 it says a fool does not delight in understanding but only wants to voice his own opinion yeah <laughs> and i'm like yes yeah. so solomon knew that facebook was coming <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it also, you know, we, we can dive there for a minute too, Keith. The, the Bible says a fool uttereth his whole heart. Right. You know, you my mom and dad always said in, the, in that good Southern Ohio, West Virginia lingo, right. you don't always have to tell everything you know. Right. Exactly. So how do we, so how can we get, so I want to encourage people today. I want to encourage yeah. entrepreneurs. I want to encourage leaders. I want to encourage ministers. Keith is, is, is the right person to have this conversation with, I believe. Because as a messaging coach, my dad always said this. He said, if you say it, own it. So if why do we, my dad always said, if you say it, own it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So why do we have difficulty owning things that we say in conversation? Uh, and I, my pushback to that is we don't have as much pro challenge owning things we say in conversation. We just don't have conversations. Ooh. We throw things out on social media and there is very little, if any, accountability. 
I, I remember telling my kids when they were just getting to the age, they're older now, but when they were just getting to the age where, where we were exploring whether they should have social media, I remember saying to them, remember, social media is a billboard, not a diary. And, uh, and just that whole conversation about you, the people are just throwing things out and they're just, it just, it feels safer and sadly still inflicts damage. And I just think that, that when it comes, I mean, flipping the script, you, you mentioned kind of the, the messaging coach, my, the, the first thing I teach my clients, I mean, that I walk through with my clients, because I teach a four-step system of thinking through messaging that's applicable to, you know, emails, messages, presentations, the whole thing. And it's this, it's a system. Well, the first step of the system is purpose. I say, you, you have to yeah. decide before you start planning what you're going to say, what you want the outcome of what you say to be. And I think that when it comes to something short on social media, or even, you know, Facebook, allows a little bit more long form things than say Instagram or Twitter or something. But, but, but to, if people even paused for a second and thought, am I saying this to get it off my chest? Or I'm talking to somebody who's named their podcast, the intentional encourager. Am I seeking to encourage even, mm -hmm. if, and I'm not saying you should never ever share something hard on social media. I'm saying that if you haven't thought about the um, the outcome you even want to have happen, because if your goal is just to make people angry, that's super easy. Um, yeah. If your goal is to encourage or bless somebody or even teach somebody, I mean, I it, it's something that takes some thought. And I'll give you a real world example. Because of this whole, you know, the mask thing in our state being so, you know, I think we're, other than Hawaii, I think Hawaii is the only one that's later than we are. Um, and so it's been super, super frustrating for some. And some people want to keep masks on, you know, for another 10 years. And it's one of those, it's one of those things where what I've seen online are the people who are either oh my goodness, it feels so good to finally be free and out of this jail of masks, blah, blah, blah. Or I see people giving kind of, hey, here's why I'm keeping my mask sure, on, kind of these sure. thought out posts on why. And I've really debated for the last two days about whether it would be valuable. And I haven't, I, I, I'm, at the time of this recording, I haven't decided whether I'm going to do this or not. Because I'm thinking through purpose of, would it be valuable? Would it be helpful for somebody if I explained my reasoning, not just why I'm enjoying not wearing a mask, but what my actual reasoning, reasoning in from like the, my background is actually psychology, my, the, the psychology and science around seeing somebody's full face, about seeing smiles, about the, and the impact that has and the release of endorphins and all of that, in addition to just breathing better when you're exercising and all those different kinds of things. I mean, there, there are legitimate reasons other than I hate a mask. Right. There are legitimate reasons why I think it's actually wiser to not wear a mask right now. And I've, and I've debated because it's such a hot topic and especially here in the Seattle area, it is. Um, it's just one of those things where, where I've had to think through, okay, is this something that, 
would be helpful to the conversation for people to even who are only thinking in terms of the medical, this might give me 0.001 better percent chance of not getting it or might keep me from getting colds or whatever else. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I, I don't know, you know, but, but that comes down to, you know, A, I haven't thought, I, I've been thinking about it. And two, I, you know, B, I haven't had a chance to process it with my wife yet. So that is, she's a good time yeah. for that. Well Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. The new year is upon us and you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I would really love to pay off some debt or I would like to save for that dream vacation. Maybe you want to buy a new car. Whatever it is you want to do, financially in the coming year. Let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it. Products for profit. Now, this is a course taught by my good friend, Joe Hart, who's been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life. And you know what, folks? It could do the same thing for you too. It's really simple. Reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money. And Joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done take this full time as well go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash l backslash premium pfp and oh by the way this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement and you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game Again, go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP and tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And, and I love what you said there a moment ago about social media is a billboard, not a diary. And I'm thinking about as we're rolling down the highway, and we see a billboard as yeah. we're driving. That billboard literally has about 10 seconds to get whatever message across it wants to get to target you to say, hey, there is a restaurant. There's a McDonald's five miles down the road. Right. If you're hungry, you, you know that five miles, there's a McDonald's. And you've got literally about 10 seconds to make up your mind if that message is going to resonate with you or not. And I love how you put that. And Keith, again, I, I, I love what you said too. Would it be helpful to mm. share the purpose, to share the intention of a post? Because some people say, well, it helped me. I got it off my chest. But basically, and, and forgive me for being crude, but, but it's the only way I know how to say it. You've just laid your turd in someone else's lap. And you feel better, but you've not given anything you've not contributed anything to the overall well-being of other people and so again i love what you said there i'm curious though how do we fix our messaging when it comes to social media does it does it always start with purpose or or does it does it involve a small tweak because forgive me for the long-winded question purpose is hard for some people to define if you ask them their purpose they're going to have a hard time with that definition. For some people, it's very easy. I know my purpose. I know what you asked me before we started recording. What's your purpose of your podcast? I know right off the top of my head what, what the purpose of this podcast is. Is it easier to, to, to tweak messaging or define purpose for some people on social media? Well, I would say that 
you're not going to effectively tweak your messaging until you've determined the purpose. And I'm, and I'm, I mean, certainly there is value in kind of what is your purpose online all up, or if it's, if you're somebody who your brand is also online, right? I'm a, I speak at conferences and I'm a guy who teaches people how to study the Bible and as, as well as doing messaging coaching. And so, yes, there is the, what is my all up purpose and is what I'm going to say to get this off my chest going to actually hurt my ability to do what God's called me to do. So yes, there's that kind of Uber purpose, but I would also say when I'm talking about purpose, I'm talking from a messaging standpoint point, I'm talking specifically in terms of what do you, what is the purpose of this post? What is the purpose of this rant? What is the purpose of you sharing this quote or whatever it is? And, uh, you know, just like you're going to have a guest that, the your, your purpose all up is intentional encouragement but your yeah. purpose for interviewing one guest is how can you encourage people who are going through a divorce and you'll have another guest where the purpose is how do you intentionally encourage people who have navigated job loss right there there are two very specific different purposes under the uber purpose of intentional encouragement and so just like you have a purpose for your episodes I would say if people think through, what do I want? And another way to think about it is I is if people are having a hard time identifying to the word purpose, I say, what do you want to accomplish with this post? Or what do you want the outcome of this post to be? And that will change um, kind of what you say. And from a messaging standpoint, another, you know, I've got some kind of life rules I live by. Yeah. And one of, and, and one of them is... I am 100% responsible for what I say. I am 100% responsible for how I say it. I am 100% responsible for why I say it. I am 100% responsible for when I say it. I am 100% responsible for to whom I say it. And I am 0% responsible for how somebody responds. And I think one of the big problems with social media is we don't take responsibility for the things we're responsible for. Or the flip side of that is we take responsibility for what we're not responsible for. And so we completely own somebody else's emotional response to something. And I, and, and I would say that if you've walked through and you've said, okay, here's what I wanna share. Here's why I wanna share it. Here is how the best way to share it. Yes, this is when, this is the best platform and to whom these are the right people that I need to share this with. If you've thought through all of those and it's still important to share a hard post, then share it. Yeah. Um, cause, cause again, I, I think that social media can be a great tool, but it, depending on what your intent is and your desired outcome and the way in which you go about it. I mean, I just, you know, we well, live we, in a culture. We've all heard the statistic yeah. that's, you know, fake news gets shared six times more readily than true news. Mm -hmm. And that we, and it's because it triggers this emotional response. And it's so easy to click share post without thinking about why am I sharing it? Why am I retweeting this? Why am I reposting this? Why well, it's am I because truth is relative to some people, Keith. It's, it's, it's yeah. like, if, if I, if I said to you, you know, I believe this, I believe uh, wearing mask and I'm just, I'm not, 
again, not we're not getting but we but but I want to if I say I believe the truth is that wearing masks 100% keeps you from getting coronavirus. Okay. If I believe that to be true, then I'm going to propagate, I'm going to I'm going to continue to expound on those things and share those messages that that align with that truth. Sure. Everything that aligns with what I believe to be true, I'm going to share it. Yeah. Confirmation if, bias. Exactly. But if I say, but if 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 I say then, well listen, um, I don't believe that Alabama is going to win a national championship next year. Every story that I see that has the Crimson Tide winning the national championship next year in college football, I'm going to, I'm going to poke holes in it. And I'm going to say, see, look, here's all these stories mm-hmm. or, you know, it, it, forgive me for using the Seattle thing. But if, if, if I, if I believe that Russell Wilson was going to take the Broncos to the Super Bowl next year, then I'll share everything that I think, oh, yeah, this goes right along with what I believe and how I, I view it. And for Christians. And for by the way, he won't do it next year, but he probably will in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, he's got to come through the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals to do that. And yeah. and uh, a kid named Joe Burrow. So, yeah. that, but again, that's what I believe to be true. I believe that that the Bengals were a couple of plays away from from being world champions. And it's not going to take much for them to get back there. But I could be totally wrong. I want to hit this from a a, a, a Christian perspective. I want to talk to the Christians for a minute in our audience. We are responsible. The Bible calls us salt and light. We're responsible for being salt and light. How do we guard ourselves Keith, in your opinion, and I love where you're taking us here. This is where I want to get your your take on this. How do we guard ourselves from biasing our our social media walk, things we say and do, biasing it in the way that says we're right and everybody else is wrong, and come join our team because ultimately we're 100% right and everybody else is 100% wrong on everything. Like there are some Christians I know that they, they, they're right on everything. They'll give you scripture, chapter, and verse for why they believe in it. And it's like, well, you're not reading the same Bible I am, or you're taking it out of context. How do we keep ourselves from biasing ourselves against other people or creating that divide between ourselves and people that don't believe? Well, um, I, as... I mean, first, first is probably admitting that the bias is there. Second is is recognizing that confirmation bias is a real thing. Like, I mean, talk about something that is scientifically backed up of you are going to see that which confirms what you already believe to be true. I don't care whether it's an actual scientific topic like the age of the earth or whatever else. Then, or whether it's something more emotional, like I'm not a very good athlete, you're going to find all of the reasons to confirm why you believe you're not a very good athlete or why you believe you are. And, and so confirmation, recognizing that confirmation bias is a real thing. And the other, I think, I think that from a practical standpoint, Sometimes what I will what I will do, I mean specifically to this whole virus thing, 
is I will look at some of the statistics, like when I'm researching, okay, our, our cases, you know, back in the day, our case is really going down. Yeah. That any far right conservative media is always going to point to the piece that is going to show why it's getting better. Right. Mm -hmm. And why we should not wear a mask and why everyone, whatever. Whereas the leaning of the liberal media is going to say the other. And so sometimes I will look at, especially if I know that I'm going to have a conversation with somebody, because because of my position, people just ask my opinion all the time about stuff. And, and again, so I've gotten good at avoiding conversations. I know somebody's just looking to pick a fight. Um, but if I can say, hey, here's why I think it's down. I actually saw in the Seattle Times, which is a much more liberal thing, that these are the actual numbers from the last two weeks, according to the most liberal people, you know, whatever. And so, oh, yes, this is when it's going down. So I think some of it is intentionally trying to see how somebody with a differing opinion talks about the same topic you're talking about. And, and many, 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 many times that actually solidifies not only my own belief that what they've just said is not true, but lets me know the, where they're coming from, like what, right. where they're getting the information, what they're believing, what they're, so that if I find myself in a conversation with somebody, I can use their language with you know, to talk about something because it's one of those things where if, if somebody only watches CNN and only quotes stats from CNN, and that's what they're trying to quote to win over somebody who only watches Fox and only listens to stats that are shared on Fox, yep. then, I mean, uh, honestly, well, you know, while I'm certainly on the more conservative end of the spectrum politically, mm -hmm. It's one of those things where if it, it, it it's just uh, almost as laughable to me, the number of people who only watch Fox News or only watch Newsmax who try to use those conversations and that language to win over somebody who only watches CNN. Well, I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, it's like for, for me to try to, to try to convince you that the Seahawks are better than the Bengals, which by the way, I admit is not true right now <laughs> but if hey, i was going to do hey that, they had a great I, season that, right. that most bengals fans would agree that that last year was that was a dream season oh I for mean, sure for sure yeah. and it was awesome i was i loved it i loved it um so it was but, but it was one of those things where if i knew nothing about if i only knew all my stats about the seahawks and I used all those stats about, well, we've got DK Metcalf catching passes. Yeah. We've got Tyler Lockett catching passes. And Chris Carson's going to be healthy. And he's our running back or whatever. And I don't know anything about the weaknesses of Joe Burrows or the weaknesses of whatever. If I don't, if I don't know any of your weaknesses, and I'm trying to say these are the reasons why we're better than you, it makes no sense to have that conversation. I need to first go to the Cincinnati newspapers and read about them and read what they're saying are the strengths and weaknesses of the Bengals. And then you and I can have a conversation. And hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Have you ever wanted to live a bucket list life? 
Or if you're a business owner, have you ever wanted to incentivize your team in unbelievable ways? I have got just the thing for you. You need to contact my friend Brad Norwood with Dream It Pro Professional Events. Brad's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast, and I can tell you he has helped numerous companies achieve unbelievable things through experience travel. Experiences are what people want. They want to know how they can live incredible bucket list lives as well, too. And Brad can help you with both of those things. I can't give you any better encouragement than to give Brad and his team a call right now at 479-466-6907 or go to www.dreamitpro.com. And when you get there, click on events and you are going to see some unbelievable once-in-a-lifetime experiences. And I promise you this, unlike plaques, awards, trophies, things like that, experiences, and trips like these don't burn up in a fire. Again, go to www.dreamitpro.com today. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Well, you should be, you should be knowledgeable. Yeah. Yeah. Keith, you should be knowledgeable enough though about football that you can watch a game where you can watch highlights and go, okay, I see, I, I, I see that they not only have Joe Burrow, but they've got T. Higgins and they've got Joe Mixon and they've got Jamar Chase and they've got, you know, you should be nuanced enough and knowledgeable enough in conversation that you can go, okay, I can watch a game. I know enough about the game of football that I can watch a game and I know where their talent level is and, and things like that. And Keith, we have taken in our society, we we can make stats say anything that we want to say oh, sure. and skew the numbers that way. But here's where I want to go. And I hadn't planned on our conversation going here, but I <laughs> love where it's it's gone because it's so important to understand why we message and our purpose and things like that. What you said there that I love is is the fact that we have forgotten the value of common ground. In everything that we do, the most fertile, and I've said this before, the most fertile soil that connections and conversations grow in is common ground. Why do you think that as you speak to groups and you minister and you talk to people, why do you think we've forgotten the value of common ground? Because this may sound like an oversimplified answer, because common ground is costly. Common ground costs me effort. It costs me intentionality. It costs me time. It costs me investing in a relationship. It costs me seeing somebody as a real person, as somebody whose opinion matters, even if their opinion is different. Somebody who is inherently a beloved child of God. I mean, there's a, whereas not, you know, spewing your opinion cost you nothing except for the 30 seconds it took you to type the post right and so i think that it's it's and we we live in a society that says you should have anything you want and it shouldn't cost you anything right i mean there and again that's relational that's political that's i mean health wise whatever it is i should 
be able to be in shape without having to work out. I should be able to just pop a pill and have it, you know, the fat fall. Well, everything comes instantly. Whatever it is. You, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we get on, we get on a, a, a conversation like this and normally I should be able to click a button and you and I can instantly connect. Right. We can go right to our cell phones and, and we can instantly connect. We can have, we can have information at our fingertips. I can drive five minutes from here and get uh, just about anything I want to eat. Right. With with e even in even in West Virginia, we still have a, a <laughs> proliferation of fast food. But we we are so conditioned that if it doesn't come instantly, then it's not worth the effort. It's not worth the time. Right. And I love what you said there about common ground is costly. That is so oh. good. Oh, man. Keith. Let me let me go here for the few minutes we have remaining with you. Okay. How do we get better at at determining the cost of our conversations? Because that's really what I, I'm I'm really fixating on in, in what we're having here. And I'm so glad you've taken us in this direction because now I'm starting to think, okay, the conversations that I have with people. Am I pouring in? Am I am I giving something of value in these conversations? Am I adding something that that somebody goes, you know what, that conversation was worth having. And this one between you and I was worth having today because, you know, obviously you're you're helping us understand that. How do we determine in our minds the costs of real conversations, impactful conversations? How do we determine that cost and how do we get better? at distributing internally those resources because everyone has a finite amount of resources. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, you're a minister, a leader, you have a finite amount of resources, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So how do you ration those resources to have the most impactful conversations? And I hope I asked that question correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I would, <laughs> I, I would say that it, my gut level response, since you, you and I didn't pre-talk about these questions, I, I would say my, re, my gut level response is it's less important to determine what the cost is and more important to determine if the relationship that's going to be affected is worth whatever cost. And, and so when I, you know, when I think of, you know, even moving away from social media, just having hard conversations. There are some people who are willing to confront kind of anybody and, and they may say, well, I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever to speak truth or whatever. Well, they almost and, take pride in it, right? Oh, oh, for sure. Cause they're the martyr. Right. And, and a lot of time, Maybe this maybe this is going where you want it to go, and maybe I'm taking a different place. But no, been, go go with what you. Of, I've been thinking a lot about the the phrase that since you you said you wanted to talk to the Christians, the phrase that frequently gets thrown around is "I'm just speaking the truth in love." I'm just we're called to speak <laughs> yeah. the truth in love, and and what from Ephesians uh, four, and what came into my mind as I was studying Ephesians last month when I got to that part is I felt like this was kind of God's voice speaking to me is that in the last couple of years, almost any time that I have heard a Christian say, 
or seeing a Christian post online that verse. I'm just speaking the truth in love. We're called to speak the truth in love. We have to speak the truth in love. I what I what came into my mind is anytime I've seen that, what follows is almost always an explanation of why what they're saying is true, not about how they've examined their heart to see if what they're saying is loving. And so we're saying whenever we use that verse, we use it as justification for me to say anything I want. And I would go back to that 100%, 100%, 100%, 0% that I shared earlier is that, that we're, if we're, if we feel like we have a hard truth, we've been called to proclaim then part of that counting the cost is, are you willing to put in the thought, yeah. patience, prayer, you know, even research to determine if what I'm saying is not only true, but am I presenting it in a loving way, which yeah. partly is determining Am I presenting it not only in a loving way, but at a loving time to the people who most need to hear this right now? Because everybody on social media does not need to be yelled your truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so and, as well as some people that you're talking face to face to. I mean, I think it's it's less not not a less important issue but less frequently an issue face-to-face -face because we naturally realize that part of the cost we're going to have to count if we're talking to somebody face-to-face -face is their response. Yeah. You know, if I hit, if I type a post on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and I, you know, share something and I hit enter, I don't have to deal with any cost for a while. Yep. Right. It may come back to bite me later, but I can post it and walk away and I can choose to not check Facebook for a day or two or whatever and just let it all go. Um, but if I say something to you that is speaking the truth in love, but it's a truth I already know is going to make you angry. If I, if you and I are face to face, we're sitting across a table at a restaurant, then I've got to own the fact that you're, you're going to be able to respond. Yeah. You know, well, I can't and, hit enter and walk out of the restaurant. Well, and here's the thing too, and I'll say this real quick as well, is that if I walk into into my house and and the truth is that I think I need to sucker punch my 21-year-old son because I think he needs it, what am I doing? It's like, oh, I'm just speaking the truth in love, and I just come in there and sucker punch him. It's like, Dad, what'd you do that for? You know, you don't love me. You just you just wanted to take out some emotions and, and Keith I love what you said that is such a a common well I'm just speaking truth in love yeah but you just sucker punched your whole audience you know you wouldn't do that to someone as you mentioned across the table from if you and I were sitting across the table you wouldn't reach over and just punch me in the face and go Brian I think you needed that that's why I did that I love you brother that's why I wanted to punch you in the face with with my truth and and Keith, we've got to get away from that. I Again, I want to, man, what a great conversation. I did not intend to take us there, but I think it's <laughs> valuable because leaders, a lot of times leaders and, and all of us in leadership and ministry and in, in business, we got to think about how we're speaking to people. 
Uh, let folks know where they can connect with you, how they can find your resources, things like that. I, I'm sure after hearing you expound your truth, they're going to want to connect with you. Yeah, well, I, on social media, it's all just my name. I mean, so whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, just at Keith Farron is, is where you're going to find me. And same with the blog. My, my minute, the, so the ministry side of what I do, the bio, you know, teaching the Bible and the books that I've written and all of that, um, that is all at keithfarron.com. And then on the corporate side, if there's some corporate people watching it going, hey, what are the other three steps of that, <laughs> that complete communication system? And, and how can you help my team communicate better and have fewer meetings and write less email and accomplish more? Um, that's, that's what I do for groups. I mean, living here in Seattle, that's the beauty of, of what I've been able to do here is because I'm surrounded by companies that like Microsoft and Amazon and Google and whatever, Facebook, that, that I'm able to to train and though so that company is called simply communicate so the website is just i simply communicate.com just Fantastic. i simply communicate and my email at either one of those is keith at keithfarron.com or keith at i simply communicate.com those are mine too depending on whether you want to talk ministry or talk corporate so well you have simply communicated very well here my friend <laughs> it, it has been an honor to have you and I've enjoyed this conversation again, not where, where I thought we would go initially, but well, let's do it again. A then. lot of truth there. Yeah, we will <laughs> definitely do it again. Keith Farron joined me today on the intentional encourage podcast. Keith, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.